Browns, Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 688. Last week we followed up on our mystery bird contest with a special email contest question. The question was, what's the connection between the purple marten and the mountain lion? Well, the connection we had in mind was this. Another name for the mountain lion is Puma. P-U-M-A. And the four-letter code for the purple marten is assigned by the Institute for Bird Populations is also Puma. P-U for purple, M-A for marten and by way of a random drawing from among all correct answers received, we pulled the name of Jeremy Schwartz from Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Jeremy also happens to be one of our Talking Birds ambassadors, although I hasten to add that that fact did not come into play in the choosing of Jeremy as our winner. We'll be sending Jeremy that beautiful Backyard Birds adult coloring book from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology along with a big box of eco-friendly colored pencils. Congratulations, Jeremy, and thanks to all who sent in answers exactly correct or otherwise. Meanwhile, remember when the northern spotted owl was making big news because it was being threatened by timber harvesting and other habitat loss? Well, guess what else is endangering them now? The answer is marijuana farms. But it's not the weed that's doing the deed, it's the pesticides that are being used to facilitate the growth of the pot in California especially. According to researchers from the California Academy of Sciences, seven out of ten spotted owls found dead in the forests of northwest California had rat poison in their systems. Poison was also found in 40% of the barred owls that researchers collected. The scientists point out that these poisons percolate through the food chain and can kill any animal with rodents on their menu, including the one we mentioned a minute ago, the mountain lion, as well as bobcats, coyotes, other birds of prey, and many other predators native to California. We'll have more on the story from the San Jose, California-based Mercury News on our Talking Birds dot com website click where it says links to find that that's the sound of our mystery bird this is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later on in the show our bird is a medium-sized mostly yellow songbird it has dark wings with bright wing bars a dark tail and back, a dull yellow bill, and in the male, a mostly red head. Our bird feeds primarily by gleaning insects from foliage. is found mostly in the west, breeding well up into Canada and wintering in Mexico. It's the western equivalent of a bright red bird seen regularly here in the east. The two species are closely related. That would be our mystery bird. The contest will be coming along just a little bit uh, later on in uh, this morning's uh, program. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Talking Birds Facebook page this week. What goes on inside a birdhouse? Our man Mike O'Connor found out with his great crested flycatcher nest cam. And artist Catherine Clark illustrates the scene with her beautiful artwork and we'll connect you. 
Artificial intelligence has learned to ID birds from their songs. We'll connect you to that fast advancing technology, courtesy of ScienceMag.com. And our friend and Talking Birds ambassador and travel agent, Peter Morse, has alerted us to an article on how travel businesses are eliminating plastics. Thanks for the good news, Peter. We have the link to the story from the InsideTravelerReport.com website. And that's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. Don't forget, you can also find those stories through an online search, most of them at least, if you're not a Facebook follower. Here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to the Board of Supervisors for the City by the Bay, San Francisco, California, for passing an ordinance just this past Friday in a vote of 11 to nothing to prohibit the sale or use in the city of single-use food service ware made with fluorinated chemicals and certain items made with plastics, including straws, a million of which are disposed of in San Francisco every day. Uh, we'll have more on that story, by the way, on next week's show. Last week, we mentioned that we could claim no Talking Birds ambassadors in Mississippi. Well, Jason Payne from Ocean Springs, Mississippi, heard that and decided to do something about it. He wrote in and said, I'm a new listener, but longtime bird enthusiast. When I heard you had no bird ambassadors in Mississippi, I felt like that was an easy problem to remedy. I look forward to sharing your show around the Magnolia State. Thank you, Jason. It's great to welcome you as a Talking Birds ambassador to help spread the word about birds and bird conservation and conservation in general. And thanks to Allison F. from Santa Clara, California. She says, I would like to have some cards to give to people I meet at the birding classes I will be taking at my local college this fall and would love a patch to put on my new field bag. Thank you. Well, thank you, Allison. Cards and patches heading your way. And thanks to Jack McDonald from right here in Marshfield, Massachusetts, who's become a Talking Birds ambassador and who has also sent some of his fabulous photos of shorebirds and ospreys and songbirds and more, which will get up on our Facebook page very soon. Thank you, Jack. Talking Birds listeners, wherever you are, please consider joining Jack and Allison and Jason in our growing Talking Birds ambassadors family. To do it, just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll welcome a frequent contributor to our show, the one, the only, the birdist, a.k.a. Nick Lund, who will offer some advice about naming your newborn. To wit, should you choose a bird name for your son or daughter. Plus, we'll catch up with our regular contributor, Mike O'Connor, from the world-famous Birdwatchers General Store in Cape Cod for our Let's Ask Mike segment on the topic of birds crashing into windows, especially a big problem now with new hatchlings all over the place, and it is a big problem. Up next, a bird with a bill that's pretty amazing and kind of beautiful is our featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Now, here's a curious bird with a bill that seems almost absurd, like a sword in a bright red sheath. It finds food in a shell, which it handles quite well, considering it doesn't have teeth. 
but it does have that bill to help it get its fill of delicious bivalve fare that it opens up fast for a shoreside repast that few others are able to share. But oysters move slowly, if at all. So how hard could it be to nab them? Our featured feathered friend needn't run for them. It's more like he'll just go and grab them. So maybe its name should avoid the idea that it's some kind of catcher. Perhaps instead we should call this bird the American Oyster Fetcher. Well, for now at least, it's still the American Oyster Catcher, or Catcher if you prefer, colorful cousin of the West Coast restricted Black Oyster Catcher. The American Oyster Catcher is a large, boldly patterned shorebird with a black head, chest, and belly. And it has white undersides, dull pink legs, a yellow eye, and that bright red bill. And the white stripes on its wings and its white rump are visible in flight. Males and females look alike. That large size and coloration make the American Oyster Catcher pretty easy to spot along ocean shores and salt marshes, feeding on oysters and other mollusks, using that very special bill to seize its prey before they can close their shells. When oyster catchers find a victim with a shell that's partially open, they jab their bill in and sever the strong muscle that clamps the shell shut. An effective technique, though sometimes risky, since oyster catchers have been known to drown after a strongly anchored muscle clamps down on their bills and holds on to the bird until the tide comes in. And this bird needs protection. It's a species of special concern in several coastal states and listed as a yellow species, indicating a national conservation concern by National Audubon. The American Oyster Catcher, Hematopus palliatus. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 688. Our website is talkingbirds.com. No G in talking. Hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Now it is time to welcome the one, the only. The Birdist. The Birdist, a.k.a. Nick Lund, down there in the D.C. area, he's a new papa, and that meant he and his wife had to choose a name for the new member of their family. One question was, should we name our new son, as it turned out, after a bird? We'll get some insight into that uh, process now from Nick himself. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ray. How you doing? Doing well. Congratulations to you and uh, and your wife. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, everything's going great. He's four months old now, a young boy. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, picking that name was <laughs> very difficult, yeah. much harder than I thought it was going to be. And you did yeah. consider some bird names uh, for your new son. Yeah, you know, you know, as soon as we got pregnant, everyone I was asking me, who you know, know I like birds, asked me whether we're going to name it after a bird. It's sort of a popular thing that birders do. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's fraught with peril, uh, and so you know I, I thought about it. we thought a lot about it. We thought about the different kinds of bird human names out there. You know, the first group I would say is like is the names. The names you don't really think of as bird names, but are bird names. Names like Robin or Martin or mm. Jay, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you know, names that are 
bird names, no doubt, but sort of are uh, a little bit under the radar. Um, you know, and I think, you know, what's the point? If you're going to name it after a bird, then people don't think of a bird, or they think of, you know, Batman's sidekick yeah. or a character from Friends. Why even, why, what are we even here for? You want to choose something like Phenopepla or Phalarope, maybe something like that. <laughs> Right? Yeah, More or obvious. oyster catcher, your previous bird, <laughs> uh, would be a good one, or gnat catcher or something. Oh, something that really, <laughs> something really stands out, I think, is a good, yeah. you know, would be a good option. Okay. And this is it's added on to all the regular complexities of choosing a name, right? As you point out in your article there at Audubon.org, a lot of other things to consider. Yeah, well, I mean, it's impossible. As soon as you start, you know, we, I really thought this was going to be an easy process. My wife and I would have dinner and maybe talk it over and come up with a name. But, you know, every bully you ever had, every crush or ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, every, mm. you know, smelly kid you had in class that you just associate their name with some sort of smell, mm. um, it, it made our list, you know, winnows the list down uh, very quickly. So it's actually really hard to pick. I guess this is why uh, you, you have middle names, right? Because so, you have that as a backup if there's problems. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. Middle names are, are really Plan B names, but they they could be they're just backups. Well, yeah, but we got creative too, yeah. and we thought about um, you know ways to sort of be birdie, but also mask it a little bit, mm -hmm. um, like Albert Ross. You know, using the middle name as well, like Albert Ross would be an albatross. Or uh, Robert White Lund <laughs> could be Bob White. Uh, okay. Charles William could be Chuck Will, um, which gets a little scary once they get married, I guess. Um, <laughs> and my mom, uh, of all people, was really hot to trot on Oliver William Lund uh, because the initials would, would uh, come down to owl, spell owl, which would be pretty cool. Okay, so these are kind of under the radar secret uh, <laughs> Yeah. Secret uh, bird names, stealth bird names, kind of. Stealth All right. bird yeah. names. Yeah. All right. Let's see. You, you talk about some of these names being really popular and and peaking at number 465 in 2016 was the, the name Sora, uh, which a yeah. friend of yours actually chose for his daughter. Well, I think Wren actually was 465. Oh, Wren is 465. Wren? Yeah, Sora probably much yeah. further down the list, actually. There's sort of yeah. a sweet spot of bird names that are that actually work really well and mm -hmm. aren't too obvious, um, but also work as names. I think Wren, Wren is one that uh, I've actually been hearing quite a bit among, uh, I guess, birding friends. I don't necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's just a common name. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend whose daughter is named Sora, which is nice. I have a friend named Ani, um, which isn't actually after the, the blackbird, but uh, is, is a Hawaiian word, but still Ani oh. is a bird. Well, that's good that it's um, not after the bird, because that's kind of a brood parasite, isn't it? The, uh, the I, I know. It's not a very... Uh, it's a kind of a shaggy, <laughs> ugly-looking bird. Um, but, hey, but maybe it's a shaggy-looking kid. You know, it kind of takes the pressure off you. Now, is this yeah, really yeah, true? Uh, is this true, Nick, you have here? Willet, uh, it says here, was the 15,488th yeah. most popular boy's name in 2013. It is true. It is true. Mm. There are bird... Uh, there are name websites that that catalog every single name that has ever happened and track its popularity over time. Wow. And uh, 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 somewhere out there is uh, a little guy named Willet, uh, which is a, you know, that's a nice name. That's I, I'd like to hang out with a dude named Willet. Yeah, well, everyone will call him Will, I guess. We have our our friend up at uh, New Hampshire Public Television who uh, does the Windows to the Wild show, and his name is is uh, Willem. But everybody calls uh -huh. him pretty much Will, so I guess that's how that would go. And there's always that middle yeah. name you can fall back on. 
Yeah, sure. You um, did a Latin name for that in there. <laughs> okay, so you looked at all these names. You've eliminated yeah. uh, the ones with X's and crushes and bullies and names that could uh, rhyme with swear <laughs> swear words and insults and, uh, yeah, and all of that. We did some digging into some dark corners of the Internet to, mm. to uh, try to avoid swear words, too, let me tell you. <laughs> Not easy. So, uh, Nick, you say you're still going to bring uh, bring your new son birding as much as possible because he needs to be immersed in nature as any well-rounded uh, person would be. But uh, what have you actually wound up with here? We ended up not going with a bird name. I'm going to let him find his own path in life. His name is Elliot. He's a wonderful young man. Um, and we'll be doing a lot of birding, but he won't have to be stuck with a, a bird name uh, from his dad. <laughs> All right. Elliot, it is, and uh, he's a wonderful son, but I know he's been uh, keeping you up a little bit, Nick, so we'll let you go and uh, get a nap. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have All a good day. Right. Nick Lund is the birdist and proud papa of new son, Elliot. Thanks for being with us here on our Talk of Bird show. On our next uh, section of the show would be our mystery bird a contest, and that's in just one minute. Here at Talking Birds, we're for the birds, and we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Kevin South, and I'm calling from Roseburg, Oregon. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because I really enjoyed the show, and I became more passionate about birding in my community, and I wanted to share that not only with my co-workers and friends, but also the students that I teach. I actually do birding lessons with my third graders as a result of Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website TalkinBirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. And that is the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird contest. A reminder, if you're not hearing our Sunday show live, there's an easy way to do it. And you can take part then in our mystery bird contest wherever you are. That's to listen to our show live online. Easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to uh, see how to do that. Our show is live Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized, mostly yellow songbird. It has dark wings with bright wing bars a dark tail and back, a dull yellow bill, and in the male, a mostly red head. Our bird feeds primarily by gleaning insects from foliage and is found mostly in the west, breeding well up into Canada and wintering in Mexico. It's the western equivalent of a bright red bird seen regularly here in the east. The two species are closely related. And here's, a, here's an obscure bonus clue. Uh, down where our friend Nick Lund is, down in the Washington, D.C. area, there's a pretty famous public radio and TV station. If you know the name of that station, you'll have another clue as to the identity of today's mystery bird. The number is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. And the prizes are as follows. The Droll Yankees Window Mount Songbird Feeder. 
a lot of people's favorite feeder. Has the unique songbird and blueberries design and a clear view of the bird's right at your window. It holds two cups of seed, fruit, or mealworms. And our bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. That is the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Prizes, clues, and the sound of our mystery bird number again is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. As always, we encourage you to call as soon as possible so we'll have time to conduct our mystery bird contest. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor joins us from Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Well, here's a preview of another great nature book from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publishers of the Peterson Field Guides. Part of the satisfaction of watching birds is being able to name what you see. Yet field guides have so many species to choose from, it can be overwhelming. The Peterson Guide to Bird Identification in 12 Steps starts with the basics, such as location, habitat, and season, and then builds logically into a manageable framework that can help anyone identify and appreciate birds. If you're new to birding, the book will help you understand the fundamentals of observation and the identification process. If you're more experienced, it helps you step back from years in the field and refresh your thoughts on how to watch and identify birds. Written in a helpful, conversational style and illustrated with more than 85 color photographs, the Peterson Guide to Bird Identification is available wherever books are sold. Mike O'Connor is down there at the Bird Watchers General Store at Orleans, Cape Cod, down by the Rotary down there, and he joins us right now with an important topic for this, uh, especially for this particular season of uh, young hatchlings uh, flying around. Um, or not hatchlings, but uh, fledglings flying around. Mike. Uh, are you there? Uh, how, how are you? <laughs> I'm too hot, Ray. It's too hot. At least it's you're not in Lisbon where it's 111 degrees today, I believe. Is it really? So, yeah. It's, yeah even, even the Cape is hot. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this is, I was at the beach the other day, and the fishermen were catching cooked fish. That's how <laughs> hot it was. Where's the, the where's the rim shot? There, <laughs> there it is. Wow, yeah. And the hot season also is baby bird season. Yeah. And we got a, I got a lot of customers coming in with birds that are smacking into their windows. I think our resident birds that we call our resident birds, the birds that are used to our yards, have uh, 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 adapted pretty well to the windows in our, uh, in our homes and our buildings. But the baby birds are having a hard time. And right after the baby birds come the migrants from up in Canada. They'll be coming down, and they'll be, again, not experienced with our buildings and our glass windows. So here's, here's the time of year. I know I bring this up once, twice a year, but it's a good idea to, to maybe isolate a window. I think we all have some windows that have been problems uh, with birds uh, hitting them. And so, uh, you know, there's a couple of items that have been put out there, and they're simple. I know you've done a lot of programs on what industry and commercial people can do, but just at home, and you know, there's a few things that we can do. They sell, the last few years, they sell these ultraviolet decals that go on the windows. They're... They don't really block our view. They look a little bit to us like just little pieces of wax paper and mm. designs. And the design is important. It can be a hummingbird. It can be a maple leaf. It can be even a hawk. Some people are obsessed with the hawk thing. But they're, they're ultraviolet colors, so they pop out for birds. And they really stand out, and they kind of get their attention. Um, the trouble is these have to re be replaced every few 
year or so. So if you have one, you might want to think about replacing it. I, I've used those with great success, but I have one window that seems to be notoriously bad. So what I've done, and I suggest other people would, this has been successful, take a regular suction cup and, and get you can get uh, some ribbon, but I use this scare tape, which isn't tape at all, just shiny ribbon, this holographic tape, and I attach it to the suction cup, and I just put that on the window that gives the most problem. And that's really shut down the problem. That's been very successful. It blows around. It gets the attention. Gardeners use this, and I've talked about this before, to keep birds out of their garden. And... I, I use I just put a, a couple of strips of that and it blows around and uh, it gets the bird's attention and it's been mm. it's it's been really successful and you know when it's it's just something we can do it's not some I know, know you've done programs on all the specialty glass that's out there but most homeowners aren't going to you know invest in that but this would be something that they could do the other thing they could do especially for the feeder birds and I talk about this and move your feeders closer um, you know you move your feeders right by the window yeah. first of all you get to see the birds better but if they're startled by a hawk then instead of uh, they, they go to the dark place which a lot of times looks like because of the reflection off your windows they fly that direction but when they're really close they can identify the glass really quickly and then, then they don't smack into it and if they do hit the glass they haven't built up they haven't and got the momentum. Of, they haven't got the speed built up. So the correct, yeah. yeah. So they just they just glance off. And even even that item that you know your your buddies at Droll Yankee sells several window feeders, one which is a prize. Those are very yeah. helpful. You mm-hmm. stick those on, and the birds again they're focused on the feeder. They're focused on the other birds, and they're not fooled by the reflection as much. So it, those, or you could do what I do to some of my windows. I just don't wash them, and then they're dirty all the yeah, time. Simple um, and effective <laughs> method. Uh, but uh, people used to put, or, or, or still do, put, put um, just um, opaque pieces of, uh, or maybe bird shapes on their window. But if I'm not mistaken, people would make the mistake of putting them on the inside of the window when they really need to be on the on the outside. Isn't that correct? Oh, yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, all these items we have just discussed really going to be on the outside because, as you know, you can't see through a mirror. I guess, uh, you know, maybe Snow White could see through a mirror. But that's, <laughs> that's a different show. But, yeah, they, you need to put this stuff on the outside. And they, in the old days, I think we all, in the old days, we had these black hawk silhouettes, which weren't particularly... Uh, effective um but everything needs to go on the outside and 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 then if a bird does hit your window um you know they recommend really not doing anything if a bird hits your window and it appears to be alive Mm. there's a chance that it's going to recover on its own so unless you've got kids dogs and cats running around just kind of leave it alone and more often than well we'll, we'll say more often than not but oftentimes it'll recover on its own hopefully float fly away and at least in our mind it's going to be okay um if you do have predators around or the weather's bad then you can offer it some protection by putting it in a in a box and keep it in a quiet place for a few hours and then again bring it outside and then and hopefully it'll be okay but um don't don't give it food don't give it water just give it some place to rest and hopefully it'll be okay all right by the way we're um Folks down in Maryland, Maryland Ornithological Society, have come up with a new thing to protect birds from crashing into windows in certain instances, and it involves weighted parachute cords. Our friends uh, from the uh, eBulletin, the birding community eBulletin, Wayne Peterson and Paul Basich, are going to be on the show with us in a couple of weeks, and we will talk about that. But thanks for... uh, Oh, that's tips. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And by the way, tell Nick, uh, I said congratulations on the baby son. That's awesome. All right. I hope he's listening. If not, we'll tell him anyway. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you next week. Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans.
Cape Cod. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. We're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. And that is the sound of our mystery bird, a medium-sized, mostly yellow songbird. It has dark wings with bright wing bars, a dark tail and back, a dull yellow bill, and in the male, a mostly red head. Our bird feeds primarily by gleaning insects from foliage. It's found mostly in the West, breeding well up into Canada and wintering in Mexico. It's the Western equivalent of a bright red bird seen regularly here in the East. The two species are closely related. What is that mystery bird? The prizes are the Drill Yankees Window Mount Songbird Feeder. When we were just kind of talking about there, it has the unique songbird and blueberries design and a clear view of the birds right at your window. And it really does keep the birds safe by being right next to the window. It holds two cups of seed or fruit or mealworms. Our bonus prize is a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. We are, have we run out of time? We have run out of time. We're going to have to flip the cards and uh, identify our bird. We usually forget that when we don't have a winner. It's the Western Tanager was our was our mystery bird. We are out of time for the show. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com.